Do you just cry when you sit with the papers Thinking about what it's like and take away from us We're on a course for a head-on collision Scientists said this is what we've been missing Sorry that research is not for submission Friend Roger's dead and we'll be the one to listen Can't take the heat, now the planet is your kitchen She's like you're stuck in a contest of pissing Time to trade in Congress for a new edition It's Monday, April 20th. Happy 420. And what did you forget to do today? <laughs> Me, I almost forgot to do this. No, just kidding. Glad to be back. It's Monday. Used to hate Mondays a lot more. Now I just don't know how to feel about Mondays. There's a lockdown wears us all thin. And... I don't know, it can, it can really get to us and make us react emotionally. And I'd like to touch on emotions a little bit today and hopefully give you guys some tools or another way to, to, look, at, uh, to look at our media. Because I know a, a lot of it, a lot of what causes our emotional response is the uncertainty that modern day media sows in our lives. So... Another way to look at it, so there's seven skills of media literacy. I think they're applicable to how we look at media today, but also maybe we can apply some of these lessons to our interpersonal skills and hopefully create some better emotional resilience on that front as well. Because, yeah, our media and political landscape is bleeding into our social lives, so. Hopefully that you'll find that useful, and then just talk about some resources going forward to help process some of these emotions, and a quick reminder that Earth Day is this week, so enjoy the show. Today our reading is coming from, again, John C. Maxwell's The Daily Reader, April 20th. This is character-driven versus emotional-driven. He says, successful people are willing to do things unsuccessful people will not do. My observation is that one of those things that makes a difference is this issue of being character-driven instead of emotion-driven. This is the difference. Character-driven people do the right thing, then feel good. Emotion-driven people feel good, then do right. Character-driven people are commitment-driven. Emotion-driven people are convenience-driven. Character-driven people make principle-based decisions. Emotion-driven people... Make popular-based decisions. 
Character-driven people let action control attitude. Emotion-driven people let attitude control action. Character-driven people believe it, then see it. Emotion-driven people see it, then believe it. Character-driven people create momentum. Emotion-driven people wait for momentum. Character-driven people ask, what are my responsibilities? Emotion-driven people ask, what are my rights? Character-driven people continue when problems arise. Emotion-driven people quit when problems arise. Character-driven people are steady. Emotion-driven people are moody. Character-driven people are leaders. Emotion-driven people are followers. The late Louis L'Amour is one of the best-selling authors of all time. Nearly 230 million copies of his books are in print worldwide, and every one of his more than 100 books is still in print. When asked the key to his writing style, he responded, Start writing no matter what. The water does not flow until the faucet is turned on. And that was from his book, Developing the Leader Within You, and also The Daily Reader. Again, a little mantra, aphorism, if you will, at the end is rely on your character, not your emotions, to do the difficult tasks of leadership. Right? To do the difficult tasks. At first glance, I wasn't happy with this view, right? Because it puts that, like, the dichotomy, right? You're either character-based or emotions-based. I think a lot of us feel all those ways at some point. It's kind of like a varied spectrum depending on what you're dealing with. At some times, I can't, I feel like I can't do anything until I feel good enough to do something. A very emotional-based response. But other times, I just do something and I feel good about it, right? I think I often feel that way about yard work. I just know it has to get done, but then when I'm done, it feels great to do it or that I have just done it. A different way to look at it. I like this character-driven versus emotion-driven. If if you need further reading for how to maybe make that change, if you feel like you find yourself more in that emotional-driven response, a few books you could uh Tagle is Learned Optimism, Martin Slegman. And another one I like is The Obstacle is the Way, I think Ryan Holiday. And that's kind of a modern application of stoicism, if you will. Those are two interesting reads that kind of help that. And also Dave Blanchard's The Observer's Chair. I read a passage from that last week. When he's talking about put yourself in the observer's chair, I think he's pointing to a way to get to that kind of character-driven observation of an instance, right? Because you can have a reaction to a thing. You stub your toe on a rock. You can get mad at a rock. What good's that going to do, you know? The rock's not going to blush or get upset. It's going to continue being a rock. And your reaction to that is just, only further probably upsetting you and bringing the concentration to that stub toe even more. Where you kick the rock again because you're mad at it and shame on you, right? <laughs> but that, that's an emotional kind of base response. So in that moment, can, how, do we, 
how do we collect ourselves? What skills, what tools do we have personally that we can say pause and not be mad at rock? Sometimes just being aware, aware that there is that option is all you need. And this is why I like going through those seven media literacy skills today with you. That's a lot of what media literacy is, just being aware. That's a lot of what psychologists and cognitive behavioral therapies are about, just kind of being aware. This is why I like to touch on cognitive biases. Awareness that these things exist and that's how we make sense of things. We can kind of have more control in that process. We can get to that character-based decision if that's where we want to be. We can put ourselves in that observer's chair. Remain calm under pressure. Okay, so to give you seven media literacy skills that might help you become less emotional when watching the news or on your social media. Or, like I said, hopefully you can apply these in your interpersonal skills as well so we don't create emotional responses when interacting with one another. This is a time we really need to try to concentrate and keep our heads about ourselves, especially looking forward. Because if we are not actively engaged in what it looks like on the other side of this coronavirus, on the other side of our reaction to our current politics, to our current state of the environment, climate change, whatever it is, if we're not actively engaged, we're just going to be subject to whatever somebody else's idea is going forward. And a lot of the times, and we're seeing this right now in a very visceral, real way, that other people's ideas for going forward doesn't work for a lot of us. Okay, so how can we start seeing the sign of the times? And hopefully these seven media literacy skills will help. Again, if you can find a way to apply them in your personal, interpersonal skills, even better. Some of these ideas, since it is definitely communication-based, should be transferable. So, first one is to cultivate the ability and willingness to make effort to understand content and pay attention. You know, filter out the noise. These distractions. When you're watching the news, do you also have Facebook going on? Are we paying attention to where this content is coming from? Two is an understanding and respect of the power of media messages. Even though they're packaged to make them look harmless or cute or absurd, right? There are still media messages coming through. Last week or two weeks ago, we we were talking about desensitization and media violence. A lot of the times this media violence is over the top. Right, the absurd scenes where cars can flip upside down and land on all four wheels comfortably and guy drives off, right? Oh, it's because it's we know it's fake, it doesn't affect us, but yeah, it does because when kids see stuff like that, they don't react as quick to actual violence when they actually come across a violent act. They're slower to respond. We saw that in the study, so Understand and respect that the power of these media messages do have an impact and effect on ourselves. Interpersonally, I don't know. What's the old adage? You say a lot by the things you don't say, or there's a little bit of truth in every joke or something to that effect. That's kind of the same idea. You're not saying something even though 
where you're saying something even though you think you're not saying anything. Respect that idea. Three is um, cultivate the ability to distinguish emotional from reasoned reactions when responding to content and to act accordingly. I think we showed kind of like that was almost tied to the reading. Why do I feel an emotional response to whatever I'm watching or coming across? It's probably that message had been curated in a way to provoke an emotional response. We understand that that's what sells. They've perfected these messages to really generate an emotional response. Four, development of heightened expectations of media content. And this just goes into you are what you eat. What are you watching now? You're giving up time of your day. And if this is your last day, what did you give it up to? What nonsense on Netflix? Or did you give it up to, did you give your time to something a little more beneficial? Help you grow or understand the world or cultivate a sense of resilience? Maybe you do need to just lose yourself. You don't want it. Like, I'm not saying that news is the answer. Here's an example of something that you can do, because if news creates an emotional response, here's a way to develop a heightened expectation of media content and deliver for yourself. Look up a YouTube video on how to make your own mask of stuff you already have in your house. Don't get upset that you don't have access to an N95 mask if you have access to a coffee filter and a sock or whatever they're building out there. You can put your time towards that. That's a different media that you're giving your time and attention to. Develop those expectations. Interpersonally, if you're interacting with people who are cutting you down and saying your idea is stupid or your intent is ill or I feel like a certain way, right? People, those crabs in a bucket, those people who are designed to, to bring you down. I just saw like one of those memes. If the people in your circle don't inspire you, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Next one, five, knowledge of genre conventions and the ability to recognize when they are being mixed. This is even more important today with social media, I think. This is where we're starting to blur lines. We've done this a long time ago where advertisements were made to look like news and magazines. You've all seen those, usually some medical cure or miracle cure, right? Some made-up disease or whatever it is, a snake oil in the page, but it looks like it looks like a piece of noteworthy news, and we know it's just an advertisement. Now they have to say this is an advertisement on a lot of them, but they look to blur those lines all the time. Look at e news, entertainment news, like that's really news. Like we care what celebrity is pregnant. Yeah, I mean you probably do, right? We get wrapped up in celebrity culture. That is a thing. You might, but is that really news? No, like current affairs and everything that made you scared to walk outside and taste any water. Those programs that are sensational by design come across as news. And they've blurred those lines back then, and we see it a lot more now, especially with the 24-hour news channels, right? Just saying it's a news channel when most of the stuff on there is opinionated pieces, right? With a little news integrated. They, they love to blur those lines and toe that line and make it okay to make you feel like you're digesting factual-based news when even all that has bias. And we understand that. But be knowledgeable that those lines are crossed all the time. And when watching, keep that in your mind. Six is the ability, you know, cultivate the ability to think critically about media messages, no matter how credible their source is. 
And a lot of that is opinionated news. So how credible is the source when I'm watching a CNN or MSNBC or Fox News that says fair and balanced, fair and balanced, when in most of their stuff is opinionated and heavily biased one way or the other, and Rachel Maddow is heavily or biased another way? Into what ends? And it all falls in where you agree, right? what group you're part of. But you have to think critically of these things and be honest with yourself. Why am I part of X group or Y group? And finally, seven, a knowledge, cultivate a knowledge of the internal language of various media and the ability to understand its effects no matter how complex. Every image on mass media is carefully cultivated the few times I've worked on set of films they get everything down to the little lighting and up in the corner of a room right there's a little shadow how big the shadow is oh that's too big not big enough the little product placements and little easter eggs and things that are just for producers and directors you know working their own little thing in there very curated an example from my textbook, it talks about in a movie scene. If you were just see one scene in two different contexts, like first scene opens up, man driving a car, quick cut to a woman tied up on tracks. Right, the relation between the man and the woman usually is assumed that he's going somewhere fast to save her. Now through effects, same same two scenes, but fade in, man driving a car. Fade to black. Fade up to woman tied up on the tracks. Fade to black. Can be perceived a little different in that context. Right? If you have no other information, it seems like there's a man driving, there's a woman on the track. If you're watching a movie, you might probably assume that eventually their paths probably will cross, but it's not as clear that he's going right now to save her. That little effect can create a different emotion. How we deliver something says a lot, right? The body language of when we're talking between one another says a lot, sometimes even more than the words coming out of our mouth. And that sometimes is a curated message. Yeah, yeah, I want to be cordial, but I want to let you know I want to get out of this conversation. So uh, body posture while still being agreeable, carefully curated. What is being deliberately said and what is being understood and conveyed. So I hope you find those seven media literacy skills helpful. Be willing to pay attention to media messages and messages. And if we're talking about uh, communication, be mindful with what you're saying, what you're communicating. Understand the respect of communication or especially media messages. Even as mundane or absurd as we think they may be, there's still being something transmitted. Recognize when we're responding emotionally versus more critically. Start demanding more of your media consumption. How does that look? If we're cleaning out our fridge, you know, what junk food can, get, can we get rid of? What junk media occupies too much of our day already? A way to look at it, look at your FaceTime, uh, screen time report. Right? Look at your history, your browser history, your Netflix history, your on-demand history. 
demand higher. You know, treat yourself better. Knowledge of genre convention. Recognize when news is not news and when it's more harmful. And then go back to the step four and ap- apply. Make sure that you get better content. Frontline over Sean Hannity, maybe. PBS over CNN. The ability, the ability to think critically about media messages. Right? Question our sources. We want to trust Apple. We want to trust our brands. That's why they're big brands. How trustworthy, really? You're okay to question. Seven, just develop a knowledge of the internal language, right? That things are done purposefully that aren't communicated outright. They're not giving you the recipe. They're giving you the meal. There are a whole lot of steps into going making that sausage that they don't cover. So hopefully they help. And now, uh, if those don't help and you're still overcome with grief, anxiety, and you need some support, you don't have the health care to find appropriate counselor or therapist of some sort, my friends Laura and Amy with the Good Grief Network have a ton of resources and programs that are starting all the time. Check them out on social media or on their website, use their resources, Do the, they have readings, videos, articles, books. Like I said, they have those 10-step to resiliency programs starting up now online all the time. They have different people hosting those. If you still need that, if you need that at all, if it's something that you're curious about if you know anybody who may benefit from a a group like that. Like I said, it's convenient because it's online, especially in these times we're in right now. We're all pushed indoors and processing and dealing with a lot of situations that we're not used to. Uncertainty leads to anxiety a lot of the time. Not all the time. So Find your tribe, they say. Go check out Good Grief Group, Good Grief Network. And don't forget, it's Earth Day on Wednesday, the 22nd, April 22nd. So celebrate by planting a tree, doing some gardening, composting, recycling, whatever it is that you do to connect with Mother Nature, your Earth, your planet, your life support system. I put on my Facebook on the Next Step Sustainability a link to earthday2020.org. They had a 20-day challenge that started April 1st, if you were taking part in that. You don't have to start April 1st. I challenge anybody to start any kind of Earth Day challenge whenever they come across it. But those are 20 ideas to get you started. You know, Do a plastic audit. How can I cut down plastic in my house? I can reduce consumption. How can I recycle more plant trees? And whatever those challenges are from day to day, go check them out. If we do have extra time on our hands and we don't want to give it to Netflix, how can we do it to make spend that time a little more constructive? There's 20 ideas right there. Well, that was our show for today. I hope you guys are not overcome emotionally to the point where you're drained. If you are, I hope we were able to help you out a little bit, give you some things to look for and how to digest media a little more effectively and also pointed you to some resources that you might be able to find some solace, some help, and maybe some more tools that that I haven't given you. I do come back each and every day, try to arm 
people in my life, uh, the community at large, with tools that have helped me throughout the years or things that helped me kind of maintain my sense of balance, peace, if you even want to call it that, because I'm all over the board. I'm not always character-based. I'm not always emotionally based. Try to find that balance in life. And I do it better at some moments than I do others. I said, some of these things have helped me over the years. I hope they help you. And I can't wait to share more. So tune back in tomorrow.